0: Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast. Making Theology Central. Good evening, everyone. It is... Friday, April the 14th. I had to look. I don't know why I forgot that it was Friday. Good evening, everyone. It is Friday, April the 14th, 2023. It is currently 10:03 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central Studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. It's Friday. You know what that means. Saturday is almost here, and that will be the end of another week of Bible study. How did you do this week? How did your Bible study go this week? Did you accomplish the things you wanted to accomplish? Did you read enough? Did you study enough? Did you meditate enough? When I say enough, enough that what you were attempting to do, what you were hoping to accomplish, did you accomplish that? Well, just remember, if you did not, please don't let that become a a burden or lead to a sense of guilt or a sense of failure, just once again, rest in, cherish the fact that our salvation is based off the finished work of Jesus Christ, not the work we are attempting to do, all right? So rest in that, but I hope that you were able to have a successful week of Bible study. If I look at my week, it's been so-so, it's been so-so, it's not been... It's not been as successful as I would have liked it to have been. That's, uh, again, it's never anyone else's fault. It's my own. I can't really express why. I don't really know why. Um I know there's been a lot of things going on this week that I've been working on, but... um we we didn't get, I, I, I didn't feel that we did, or at least I didn't feel that I did enough, but we did a number, you know, we've done what three, I think this is part four. So we did three broadcasts. That's pretty good. I think that's decent. I think that's a decent um, amount of study for this week, uh, because again, the Bible study exercise, I'm supposed to just be, I'm I'm just guiding you into it. I'm not supposed to be necessarily doing it all for you. Some weeks I feel like, well, I gave everyone something to do. So then there's a part of me that says, okay, I shouldn't do anything. I should just in the next week, come on and say, well, last week, those were your assignments. Now here's this week's assignments. And some, there's almost a part of me that wants to do an entire Bible study exercise where I basically do none of the teaching, None just hand everyone the 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 homework give them the assignments point out certain things but i don't know how successful those would be so then there are times that i feel like you know what i need to do more teaching i need to do more teaching then it's like well is that really a bible study exercise or is it just me teaching a bible study and you're not doing anything well that that defeats the whole purpose of what we're trying to do so i'm always i'm always in some kind of conflict with myself but I hope you've had a good week of Bible study. If you don't know, if for some reason you're just tuning in, this week we have been studying the subject of temptation. Specifically, we've been looking at temptation as found in James chapter 1. James chapter 1, I think we've done I think we've done a very good job. I think we've done a very good job with a definition. I think we've I think we've done a lot this week and so I don't want to spend time Reviewing that. I don't want to spend time reviewing it. Here's what we attempt, we're going to attempt to do this Friday evening. All right. One, I'm going to give you a preview of where we are going next week. And, and, and next week begins Sunday. So where we start Sunday, I'm going to give you just a preview, tell you the title of the session, give you the scripture. All right. I'm going to do that. Then I'm going to kind of give you a, kind of a a preview of something I want you to consider and work on tomorrow. And then we will work on it Sunday. And then hopefully Sunday afternoon, we can really introduce next week properly. Um, so, because I think Sunday morning, we're going to be working on this thing that I'm going to kind of, I'm going to kind of preview what we're going to be doing on Sunday morning to add to our study for this week. So we're really not even done w- with this week's study. So what I want to do is I'm going to give you a preview of where we're going next week. I'm going to kind of give you a preview of where we're going to be Sunday morning at Victory Baptist Church, which we'll be teaching for this Bible study exercise. And then I want to point you to a resource that I want you to look at and read before the six to seven weeks is over and our study of temptation. So a lot to do. If you listen to today's focus, I also pointed you to a different resource. That one is a relatively simple about, you know, I think technically they claim 10 minutes a day. If we do everything they tell us, it would probably be more like 30 minutes a day. But I want you to hopefully use that resource as well. So you're getting a lot of resources for this Bible study exercise. And uh, all the resources, of course, is free. Of course, you have the curriculum that's available to you. If you've ever emailed me for it, I just send you a link. It's free. So all of the, all the resources are free. And hopefully you're getting as much out of this as possible. I, I think tomorrow I'm going to probably turn on the microphone and, uh, I came across a, an old song, uh, this week. I don't know how I stumbled upon it, but I think it has a lot to say about temptation as well. So maybe we'll look at those lyrics tomorrow. Um, it, it's definitely not a Christian song, but, uh, there's there's an element to it that I think says a lot about temptation, uh, and we will look at it. So so are you ready to, to do everything that we need to do? Are you ready? All right, here we go. Let's begin by giving you a quick preview of where we will be going this coming Sunday and our seven weeks, around seven weeks, I always say six to seven weeks because sometimes I cut them a little short, sometimes I, go, I let them go a little long, a lot of that deter, uh, determines A lot of that is determined by student participation, how much you're emailing me, questions you're asking, struggles you're having, your comments, your observations. But this coming week, this is where we're going to be. If I can unlock my iPad, here is where we're going to be this coming week. This coming week, we are going to be Unit 2, Session 2, and it is entitled, The Temptation To rely on myself instead of God. The temptation to rely on myself instead of God. Now the scripture for this coming week will be Deuteronomy chapter 8 verses 2 through 10. So let's just go Deuteronomy chapter 8 verses 1 through 10. I don't know why they would skip verse 1. That just drives me crazy. Deuteronomy chapter 8 verses 1 through 10 and Matthew chapter 4 verses 1 through 4. Deuteronomy chapter 8 verses 1 through 10 and Matthew chapter 4 verses 1 through 4. That's where we're going to be next week. So on Sunday, you need to spend all of next week living inside Deuteronomy chapter 8 and Matthew chapter 4, just like you needed to be spending this week living in James chapter 1. And when I say that, I don't say that in a hyperbolic way, I don't say that in an ex- to just exaggerate. The only way to really get something out of Bible study is, I, I hate to say this, but this is the only illustration I can give because to me, it's the it, it, I don't think people see it this way, but it really is the only way to get something out of Bible study. You have to pack your bags and you have to move into the text and you have to live there. You have to live there, meaning you are reading it over and 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 over. You're listening to it. You're reading it just over and, and you're talking about it. You got to find someone to talk to about it. You've got to find someone because then that interaction about it always sparks more. So, you know, I've, I've told everyone about the, you know, you version Bible app, the Bible app, whichever Bible app you have. But, you know, this week, See, this is what, you know, you should have been doing this as much as possible. The epistle from James, chapter one. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes, which are scattered abroad. You needed to be listening to it over and over and over and over and over if you could not read it over and over and over. And then you needed to read it over and over and over. I hope you did that. I really do. And I, and I know that a lot of times when I do these Bible study exercises and I try to emphasize that, I think a lot of people kind of shrug their shoulders and like, I read it twice. I'm good. I read it once. I'm good. I read it three times. Why does he keep telling me that? Because I cannot stress, stress this enough. Bible study is 99% observation. Everybody wants to read and interpret. Everybody wants to read and debate. Everybody wants to read and argue. Everyone wants to to read and take a side. How about just read and read till you observe everything that's actually there? Because once you do that, no one can ever come along and convince you of something in the text that doesn't exist because you're going to know it forwards, backwards, upside down, left, right, east, west, north, south, you're going to know it. And so no one can insert anything into it, all right? It's so one of the best ways to protect you from fraudulent preaching is because you're like, no, 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 I know this text. It, 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 no way you can make it say that. There's no way, all right? Does that make sense? So there is your preview for next week. There is your preview for next week. It's gonna be the temptation to rely on myself. This week is really trying to just understand What is temptation? The source of temptation? How do we define it? That's really been what this week has been about. Next week, we're going to look at one specific temptation, and that is the temptation to rely on yourself instead of God. That should be, I think, instrumental. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 1 through 10, and Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 4. All right? Now, there's your preview for next week. Now, this... Coming Sunday at Victory Baptist Church. I don't know exactly yet how I'm going to do this, but I noticed something in James chapter 1. Let's see if you notice it, right? James chapter 1, let's start in verse 1. Greetings to the 12 tribes, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting, right? A lot we could say there. But remember, this is, the goal here is not to expound this, not at this moment, but there, there's a lot we could say about verse one. Gives us historical setting, historical context, right? Oh, so much more I want to say, but I got to stop myself. Verse two has really, for me this week, verse two has really become a key to a lot of this. My brethren, Count it all joy when ye fall into diverse temptations. Now, many translations says when you fall into diverse trials, and they try to draw a distinction between trials and temptations here. And I tried to make an argument, put forth a hypothesis. I haven't received a lot of emails about this, that I don't like that taking them apart. Because I think a trial and a temptation, it's this, the Greek word there for temptation includes the concept of a trial and a temptation. And I think a temptation, right, involves either an enticement to evil or a trial, right, which tries to move you to do that in thought, word, Feeling, desire, or action that is contrary to God's word. I don't, every trial is a temptation. And a, so a temptation can be an enticement to evil. And a trial, though, at the same time is an enticement to evil in some way, shape, or form. So t- a, a temptation is a trial and an enticement of evil, which attempts to get you in thought, word, desire, feeling, and action To do that which is contrary to God's word. To think, to speak what is contrary to God's word. To think what is contrary to God's word. To desire what is contrary to God's word. To feel what is contrary to God's word. To act in a way that is contrary to God's word. So we have to count it all joy. And remember the reason I said we count it all joy is because when I'm confronted with a temptation, whatever it may be, whatever it may be, look, I may, I should count it all joy because I'm learning something about me. Look, I can, I can dress up nice for church. I can sound religious. I can sound spiritual. I can condemn sin. I can say all the right words. But the minute I face a little temptation and I feel it and I feel that pull, man, it immediately lets me know, whoa, 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 wait, I'm not as godly as I'm pretending to be. And I think in the same way, the church has messed up, but when someone falls into sin, we see everything as pass fail, right? Our education system, everything is like that. Oh, you failed the test, and now you go home and you get in trouble with your parents, you get grounded, you lose a privilege, because it's all about punishment. It's about praise if you do good, punishment if you do bad. But I think from a, from a theological perspective is every time we are tempted or even when we fail, I'm not excusing sin, but there, that we, in some ways, we count it all joy because it reveals what we really are spiritually. It shows us where we are. We spend so much of our Christian life pretending to be something that we know we're not if we're even remotely honest with ourselves. And this leads to a self-righteous, condemning attitude where we are always condemning everyone else, always worried about everyone else. And I've, I've said this so many times. True humility is when you are more aware and concerned about your own sin than the sins, failings, or shortcomings of anybody else. True humility is when you hear about someone else's sin, you are more immediately worried about and focused on your own than theirs. Count it all joy. I think we need to have a different perspective on it. So we've talked about that a lot this week, but then watch what happens here. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect and entire wanting nothing now i'm calling this a progression that there that it's almost like it lays out this progression of how something works so we count it all joy and then look at the look at the progression all right so uh, when you fall into diverse temptations we're going to use the word temptations i know some translations use the word trials I'm rejecting that, and I've kind of already articulated. So we start with temptation. There's the temptation. Then we know this, that the trying of your faith—so we go from temptation to the trying of your faith. Every temptation tries your faith. Every temptation tests your faith. Every temptation is a test. Every trial is a test. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. So we have temptation— we have trying of your faith, then we have patience. All right. Then from patience, uh, look. Look at this. Uh, uh, but let patience have her perfect work. Then we have perfect work. Then we have that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. There's a progression. It starts with temptation, and in a sense, it ends with perfection. It starts with temptation and ends in perfection. Now that perfection there, well, I'm not going to give you, I'm not going to tell you anything about it, but I want you to just look, that's progression number one. It goes from James one, basically verse two to six. You could argue that verse five is a part of it. You could argue verse six could possibly be about the progression as well. You could argue five and six is a part of the progression, but I want you to see, it goes from a temptation to trying of your faith to works, patience, perfect work, perfect. There's this like a progression here. And this progression shows how this whole thing should work. I want you to really think about that progression. But it's not the only progression in James chapter 1. Jump down, James chapter 1. Look at verse uh, uh, 14. Look at uh, James 1, 14. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. So once again, we have temptation. We have temptation. Then we have lust. Look at this verse 15. Then when lust, we have lust, we have temptation, lust, conceived, right? Conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And when it's finished, it bringeth forth death. So I want you to know that we have a kind of progression number two. Progression number two is temptation, then it's lust, it's conceived, it's sin, and it is death. We have two progressions. At least two progressions here. I don't know. Um, you may want to argue that there could be a third progression. You can tell me if there's a third progression in James chapter one. But I want to focus on those two progressions because they fit perfectly with what we're studying in this seven weeks course, which is a course on temptation. I want you to see those two progressions. I want you to really, th- I want you to really, I want you to write them out. Progression one starts with temptation, temptation, trying every faith, works, patience, perfect work perfect Temp- uh, progression number two temptation lust conceived sin death we need to understand these two progressions perfectly we need to know exactly how they work so even though next week when we move on right to tempting to being tempted or relying on ourselves I want us to see how these progressions may show up in well that that specific uh, temptation how does this how does these progressions show up in trials and in temptations in your life my life or in examples in the Bible can we see like if we go through the temptations in the Bible can, do we see this progression play out time and time and time and time again and if so what do we need to learn about the progression All right. I really want you to just live with that progression. I don't want to. The goal tonight is not to teach it. The goal is to just say, here's something I'm working on. And you're going to probably hear me try to unfold it a little bit and try to articulate it a little bit better come Sunday, because I think we're going to be working on this. uh, Really, I think we're going to be doing a lot of work on this come Sunday. All right. I hope so. I hope so. We may, take, we may take two hours. We may take three hours on Sunday to work on this. We may use the Sunday school hour, Sunday morning and Sunday night. We may use all three hours. But I want you to just live with these progressions. I don't even want you to look anything up. I want you to just look at the progression, just you reading it over and over and over. How does this progression work? How do, what, what do you think I need? Why isn't there two progressions outlined in one chapter? I mean, you've, I gotta, you've gotta find that at least interesting just from the structure of the chapter. Hey, here's temptation. Temptation is trying of your faith, which works patience. Patience then brings back a perfect work so that you can be perfect. Hey, here's temptation, then lust. And when it is conceived, it brings sin and then that leads to death. These are, I call them progressions. If you think there's a better word, if you think we should call them something else, maybe grammatically there's another term we should use and not progression. Phil, look, I'm handing it to you. That's what I do here in the Bible study exercise. But I I was hoping we would get like, I, I was hoping that sometime this week, somebody would be like, do you not see the two progressions there? But I didn't get any emails like that. I was hoping someone would have because fascinating to me. All right. So you've got a preview for next week, starting on Sunday. You've got a preview for what I'm going to be doing on Sunday and what I want you to be working on. All right. And we're going to be working on these two progressions throughout the rest of the study. I think through the rest of the study, we're going to make reference to these progressions over and 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 over again. All right. But now there's a resource I want to point you to. When I upload this episode, when I upload this episode to the Church One app or the Sermons 2.0 app, there will be attached a PDF. This PDF is called the Free Grace Broadcaster Issue 257. Now, if you don't want to look there, you can just do a Google search for Free Grace Broadcaster, issue 257. And you should find one. Uh, The background is reddish. Uh, It shows uh, like these trees. And then the Free Grace Broadcaster is in white print. And then underneath it, it says temptation. Issue 257 is all about temptation. But it's pulling from historical sources. So I want you to get a little taste of how those in church history have looked at the subject of temptation. This is just for you, for your just extra reading time, if you want something extra to read. All right? So here is what we're going to be looking at when we read this. And some of this may show up for today's focus. This may show up somewhere on the podcast. You ready? The first article is What is Temptation? by John Owen. That would give us 1616 to 1683 is when John Owen lived. So somewhere in the 1600s, you'll get what is temptation by John Owen? How does he define temptation? Then you're going to get the first temptation by Matthew Henry, 1662 to 1714. So we're going we're going to start in the 1600s, move close to the 1700s. So what is temptation? Next, the first temptation. Third, a tempted savor. A tempted Savior, if I can read correctly, a tempted Savior, J.C. Ryle, 1816 to 1900. So we're going to start in the 1600s, kind of move close to the 1700s, and then jump right into the 1800s, right? What is temptation? The first temptation, a tempted Savior. Then, how the devil tempts Thomas Manton, 1620 to 1677. We're going to go back to the 1600s. Right. What is temptation? The first temptation, attempted savior, how the devil tempts. The next, God's design in temptation by John Newton, 1725 to 1807. Next, determining what leads to sin. Jonathan Edwards, 1703 to 1758. Next, watchfulness in temptation. William Gernal. We know him, do we not? William Ganahl, the Christian and Complete Armor. I've tried two attempts to teach through those books and have failed miserably in every attempt. But I'm 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 scheming and planning what I can do that would that could be better and how to approach those books. All right, that's a long story. We won't go into that. All right, uh, that's sixteen sixteen to sixteen seventy nine. Next, Helps Against Temptation, Thomas Brooks, sixteen oh eight to sixteen eighty. Next, Christ is able to help, Charles H. Spurgeon, 1834 to 1892. And then Lessons from Christ's Temptations, Octavius Winslow, 1808 to 1878. That's Lessons from Christ's Temptations. And then Forgiveness for the Tempted Sinner, Charles Spurgeon, 1834 to 1892. There you go. I want you to download that. Now, again, if you're using the Church One app or Sermons 2.0, as soon as I upload this in about 10 minutes when this broadcast ends, it'll say PDF attached. It'll be right there. You just click on it. It will open in the app, I think. All right. It'll be awesome. It'll be easy. If uh, you don't want to download the Church One app or the Sermons 2.0 app and look for us, Theology Central, then all you got to do is hop on Google right now, type in, Free Grace Broadcaster, issue 257, Temptation. Boom. And then you should be able to find it. It's it's free online. And all of those are, you know... Sources dating from the 1600s to the 1800s. I think they're all in public domain. So easy to, and, and you, well, I went through all the titles, but you don't need to look up the individual titles. You can just go through it. And all of these are, you know, none of them are super long. You can read all of these in, you know, a little bit of time. I'm not asking you to expound them or dig into them or run a Bible study exercise on them. I just want you to see how those throughout, at least from the 1600s to the 1800s, or you can say from 1600 to 1900 how those in church history at that period of time was looking at the subject of temptation. There you go. Preview of what's coming next week. A preview of what's coming Sunday as we look at two progressions. And we're going to be looking at those two progressions moving forward. And then, and then, free resource, free grace broadcaster, temptation, temptation. Issue 257, you're going to be reading from John Owen, Matthew Henry, J.C. Rawl, T- Thomas Manton, John Newton, Jonathan Edwards, William Grinnell, Thomas Brooks, Charles Haddon Spurgeon, Octavius Winslow, and Charles Spurgeon. I mean, that's, that's some good, uh, those are some very famous names in the history of Christianity and very famous names in the world of theology. And so why not make yourself familiar with what they had to say about the subject? Now you get, and don't forget, you have the curriculum available to you as well. So don't forget the curriculum. And if you want access to the curriculum, email me newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. Just simply say, I want the curriculum. I send you a link. Now you have to email me back saying, I signed up. Here's the name I used. And then guess what happens? I assign all of the curriculum to you. You get the adult study guide, uh, you get the adult uh, discipleship guide, you you get access to a whole other curriculum that we're not even currently using right now for the Bible study exercise. Sometimes we switch, um, but so we have two different curriculums available. I mean, we have so much available to you and we don't charge you a dime for any of this stuff. So hopefully you'll take advantage of it. And if you heard the Today's Focus that I did just the other day, or maybe it wasn't a Today's Focus, but I did an episode because I saw this article about we're in the greatest famine. And I'm like, we're not in a great famine of hearing God's word. we, We have access to it all over the place. There are so many resources. I can't keep up with all of the resources. All right. I hope, I hope you're good to go. I hope you're good to go. I'm good to go. You're good to go. I'm good to go. All right. Here we go. You can email me. Newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. I always hate these episodes because I feel like I didn't do any teaching. All right, but but that's a Bible study exercise. I'm I'm keeping you busy. News at yahoo.com. That's newsif That's news. Newsif at yahoo.com. I'm sorry, I looked uh, looked away. I was trying to plug in my iPad here. Realized i unplugged it I need the battery to be charged. NewsIF at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. All right. We got about six weeks left on the subject. We're not we're gonna we're not gonna we're gonna try to get the most out of this. All right. I don't I don't want this I, I don't want the week to end and we feel like I didn't get anything out of it. I no. I want you to. I, I'm trying to. I'm trying to point you to as many things as possible. All right. News if at yahoo All right. James one. Listen to it as much as you can before Sunday. Then next week it'll be Deuteronomy eight, I believe, and Matthew chapter four. All right. Thanks for listening. Can't wait to get your questions, thoughts, observations, concerns, frustrations. Whatever, whatever you're struggling with, and we'll work together to make sure by the end of this seven weeks, you're going to be like, I think I understand temptation better than I ever understood it before I started. That's what we attempt to do here. All right. Thanks for listening. Um, I'll be uploading this to the Church One app and Sermons 2.0 app in the next 10 minutes, and I will attach the PDF. All right. Thanks for listening. Everyone have a great day. God bless.